This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. I couldn't be more excited to announce that the official Noose and Seeing Other People merch collab is finally here. I put so much care and thought into the designs for this line. I really wanted each product to represent seeing other people and this community. And when I think of seeing other people and all of the listeners and the family here, I think of how empathetic we all are and how communicative we are and how we all want to provide each other with comfort. And so I really incorporated those values into all of the products. And there are shirts that say emotional support human. There's a sweatshirt that says double text. There is a long sleeve that says emotionally available and so much more. Check it out at www.wearenoose.com. That's N-U-S. And of course, links are in bio on all social platforms. I'm so excited. Check it out and let me know what you guys get. I'm, I can't wait to see it on you. Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Each Thursday on Unfiltered, I'll be bringing on a different anonymous guest to open up about their real life dating experiences. We'll discuss what they went through or are going through, how they navigated it, what they've learned and what advice they have to anyone else going through something similar. Unfiltered is your reminder that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. 
If you have a topic that you'd like to discuss on Unfiltered, please email your story to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com to be considered for an episode. Real people, real stories, real life. This is Seeing Other People Unfiltered. On today's episode, I sit down with a woman from Toronto, Canada, who shares her story of booking a flight to fly to New York City to meet somebody who she matched with on Bumble a few months earlier. We hear what their conversations were like leading up to the trip, what happened when she finally got there, and how everything was not at all what she thought it was going to be like. Seeing Other People Unfiltered is presented by Mindset Wellness CBD. If you haven't tried Mindset Wellness CBD or any CBD for that matter, you are missing out. Mindset Wellness CBD's products, all of their gummies are gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, organic, and they taste incredible. They've helped my anxiety, they've helped me sleep at night, and I couldn't recommend them more highly. Head to MindsetWellnessCBD.com and use code seeing other people at checkout for 10% off and free shipping. And welcome to the episode. Anonymous, I am super excited to have you here. Why don't you introduce yourself without your name, because your name is now Anonymous, and share what you're here to talk about. Uh, well, first off, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to uh, share my story. And um, so today I'm going to be talking about how I decided to fly out to New York for a first date um, and how I had never met this person before and how my expectations going into it were kind of uh, almost ruined and really just how it's impacted my dating life afterwards. So. Amazing. I'm really excited to get into it. And I feel like this is something that we don't hear stories like this often, but they do happen. And I know I'll share a story of mine where I actually chose to not fly out to meet somebody who offered to fly me out. But um, we'll get into that later. (laughs) Um, But yeah, okay, so Toronto to New York City. Why don't you talk me through how you originally met this person and what kind of prompted the, the flying out for the date? Um, so it was around Thanksgiving in 2019 and, um, I was just mindlessly swiping on an app, you know, one of those late night kind of, let me see who's out there type of thing. And I had had the, uh, premium version of Bumble. So I could actually see like who had liked me and I was just kind of like scrolling through. And so I saw this guy, um, ended up shooting him a message and we ended up matching, um, so later into the night, he asked me, he's like, hey, like, are you free for drinks? Uh, let's go out. And I had was I was working that night, so I wasn't actually able to go out with him. So I was like, no, it's okay. Like, let's reschedule for the next day. Um, and I didn't hear from him until the next morning. And he let me know that he was actually visiting family and friends um, in Toronto and that he was actually going back home to New York. And, you know, in that moment, I thought to myself, I don't think I should probably let this go. This is probably not going to go anywhere. Um, I've never really done long distance, probably not going to be a thing. Um, So I figured, you know what, I'll just kind of let it go and let it be. But uh, But. (laughs) there's always a but. Um, And so we ended up uh, continuing chatting for quite some time. And it wasn't like those conversations were, hey, what's your Snapchat? Let me add you on Snapchat and let's go with the playful back and forth. Um, it was actually a meaningful conversation, which was um, a little surprising for me because, you know, sometimes you meet people on dating apps and it's usually like, hey, how are you? And then mm-hmm. you never speak to them again. Yeah. And, you know, I had meaningful conversation. It was one of those like long essay conversations and finding out about little things. And, 
you know, I felt comfortable. I had just been seeing someone beforehand and I felt comfortable that someone was actually like taking the time to ask me questions and find out more about me. And uh, we ended up chit-chatting for, I think it was about about a month or so, um, where one day he kind of toyed around with the idea and he asked me, hey, why don't you come to New York to visit me for a few days? And in that moment, I read that and I called my best friend. I was like, listen, this guy, I just matched with him on Bumble. He wants to, he wants me to come see him in New York. And she literally looks at me and she's like, you're, you're crazy. Like, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going to fly out for someone that you've never met before. And I thought to myself, you know what, it could be a fun experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Do um, you think real quick, when you guys were talking and opening up and having these like long, meaningful conversations, do you think part of it was because it was almost like that pressure was off? Like you weren't going to meet each other? Absolutely. I honestly, I was just, I was, I almost had that idea. I was like, maybe one day if he comes back home, but I never really thought that I would go out and actually visit him in New York. Right. So it was kind of like this fairy tale, if you could say. Yeah. I think that happens a lot where I mean, I know it's happened to me and and a lot of people that I know where we end up having like these long, like drawn out up all night conversations with people that like we were never going to meet and probably ended up never actually meeting. Um, I mean, I can count multiple that happened during the pandemic just because like we all needed someone to talk to, but yeah, I find that really interesting how sometimes that happens because the expectation is that you're not going to meet. So I can imagine that, that him, bringing up like come to New York City was like a holy shit what (laughs) (laughs) I was so taken back from it and I remember when I when I was talking to my best friend about the entire like he asked me to come to New York and she literally asked me do you think that's safe for you to go to New York you know meet this guy that you've never met before and I so when I was talking to him and getting to know more about him uh, we had actually went to the same university for first year together Okay. And we had mutual friends and mutual friends that I was good friends with that he went to high school with. So as much as it didn't feel like a safe situation per se, it, it did almost feel like a little bit more reassuring knowing that like people that I was close to um, knew him, knew, well, he wasn't a psychopath by any means. At least I thought at that point. Did you ask them about him? I did. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I asked them about him just because uh, I needed a. Li- I think all friends kind of asked like the inside scoop, like, "Hey, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> like, hey, like, what's he about?" Type of thing. So, um, I just wanted to make sure I was getting into like the right situation. Um, and so we ended up chatting. Uh, like, it was like a couple of days in. He let me. He asked me again. He's like, "Hey, like, you should really come to New York. Come visit me and spend time with me." And I had kept making all these excuses, which weren't really excuses, but almost they were. I was in my final year of university. I was busy with work and life and everything. And there wasn't really like the right time for me to go. And he kept toying around with the idea like day after day, like every other day or so until one day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to book my flight. YOLO. <laughs> Basically. Did, that's crazy. Did you guys, were you only communicating over text or did you ever FaceTime, talk on the phone? We FaceTime quite a bit. Okay. Um, so I had actually like, I knew what his voice sounded like, which yeah. is also something really important, I think, in dating. Um, so like I, we talked on the phone. Um, 
we texted pretty much all the time. So I thought to myself, you know what, let's just do it. And I remember it was a Monday and I had messaged him a picture. I swear I Snapchatted him, I think a picture of the ticket. I was like, hey, like I booked my flight. And my immediate reaction to that was, my immediate thought story was, I thought he was going to be happy, you know, that I booked my flight, that I was coming to see him in New York, thought he would be excited. And his first response to me was, you're coming on a Monday. Oof. And, you know, I didn't really grasp the idea of how busy his job was. Um, At the time, he was in investment banking. And I did not grasp the concept of that investment bankers literally work seven to like 1am sometimes in, in New York, I think in every single uh, part of the world, but it was crazy. So he's like, no, you're coming on a Monday, but, and he was kind of giving me like a little bit of a, I don't really want you there on that day. I right. Was like, well, I was like, well, you know, I made the effort to like book this ticket or whatever. It is what it is. And he was like, you know what? We'll deal with it. I'll take the, I'll take one of those days off of work. We'll spend the day together. And so I thought to myself, you know, cool, you know what, this is happening. I'm doing this. Um, and at that point, I think there was about like a month and a half until I was flying out to go see him. Um, so we ended up chit-chatting like up until we, like, I think it was about a week before I was supposed to fly out. And the communication was starting to get a little bit distant. Not like we weren't talking every single day. But it started being like, he just wasn't as invested in the entire process anymore. And he started pushing away. Mm-hmm. And I started to question it, you know, um, the days that I was flying out to go see him um, were the days I was actually, I had this big work function. And I was like, it's either I go to New York to see this guy, or I go to this work function and spend time with my friends and family, or friends, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought to myself, you know what, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. This work function happens every single year. It's basically all partying. I, I'll still choose to go see this guy. Right. So the communication gets distant and he starts like almost like not replying to some messages some days up until I think the week before where I had messaged, I was like, hey, like, are we still good for when I come in on Monday next week? And I get a FaceTime from him within five minutes. And I, 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 when I saw his name on my phone, I was like, do I respond? Do I not respond? Do I act like I'm busy? I was like, you know what? Like, let me just kind of face my fear and just speak and see what he has to say. Yeah. And he picks up the phone. He's like, you know, how are you? Um, and he lets me know that he's in the, uh, in the period of transitioning between jobs. And he told me that he was flying out to San Francisco to interview for a couple of jobs. And he was like, I don't know if I'll be back on the Monday, but I think I will be. He's like, it's not for certain, but I don't know if I'll be able to take the day, like the Tuesday off to spend time together. Yikes. I, (laughs) when I heard him say that, I literally could not react. I was like I think I had a blank face on on the on FaceTime and I was like okay so do you still want me to come see you like I gave him the opportunity to say no you know what maybe on another day 
um, I asked him like, you know, are you sure you still want me to come see you? And he told me, he's like, no, like, I still want you to come see me. We'll make the best of it. We'll do what we have to do. And, you know, I was thinking, okay, you know, he's still going to make an effort to make the best of the situation. I'm still trying to make the best of the situation. Let's still go through with it. And you gave him an out. You gave him a clear out and he didn't take it. Absolutely. And, you know, I thought like in that moment, I had expected, you know, like, okay, this guy generally wants to see me. That was my expectation of, sorry, like I assumed that. And you know what, whatever. Um, The Sunday rolls around the day before I was supposed to leave. And I thought to myself, I don't know what I'm going to do on the Tuesday. I really didn't know what I was going to do on the Tuesday because I had never traveled by myself. I had friends in New York, but I hadn't seen them in some time. And I wasn't just going to rip them out of their like daily job and ask them to spend the day with me. Mm-hmm. And I figured, you know what, if I need to spend the day by myself, it's something that I've never done before. Let me be uncomfortable with that and kind of face uh, something that I've never faced before. And I completely forgot. And I was scrolling through Instagram on the Sunday and I saw one of my all-time favorite uh, influential speakers, uh, Mel Robbins, pop up on Instagram. And I forgot she has a video, uh, like a live TV recording in New York, like a TV show that you could win tickets for. And I figured, you know what? I don't know if it's too late to apply for these tickets. Let me just apply. That would be amazing if I could see her because it's been my lifelong dream. And especially if I have nothing to do that day, right. that would why not? Make, <laughs> there you go. That would make the best of the entire situation. So I applied, and you know, Monday comes around, and uh, you know, I was getting ready to go, I was getting get, go get my nails done, all that, and I get a phone call from New York, and I thought it was him at first, and I picked up the phone, and I was speaking to the like the person who runs like the production, and everything. And she lets me know hey, we just want to let you know that you uh, actually won free tickets to see Mel Robbins live in studio. And I I freaked out. I was like, you know what? This is going to be a good trip. I'm going to meet her. This is going to be amazing. And she's really changed my life for the better. So I was like, you know what? This is going to be a great experience. And so, you know, I get to the airport and I'm really nervous. Uh, I decide to obviously go to the bar, have a drink, calm my nerves down a little bit. As one does. Absolutely. And I think I think that's like a pre-date ritual for a lot of people, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just having like a glass of wine or something before. And so, you know, I have a glass of wine. I let him know that, you know, I'm at the airport um, and I'm flying out. So the flight wasn't too long. Uh, I get to New York and... He had let me know he was still going to be at work. So he was like, you know, stop by my office. I'll give you my keys and then you can go back to my apartment. That's nice. But like weird. I think it was a little weird to be completely (laughs) honest because, you know, I'd never met this guy. He's like, you know, what? just take my keys. Yeah. Um, And I knew he lived with roommates. I didn't know what they looked like. I didn't know who they were, what their names were. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I wonder what they thought of all this. I actually, still to this day, I don't know if they actually know who I was or why I was there, to be oh my completely God. honest. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, truly, um, like, I'd met them afterwards, and uh, I, I don't think they actually, I don't know if he told them, so I think that's still going to remain a mystery to 
to a certain day, but <laughs> the world may never know. <laughs> and that's totally okay. Um, so I get to his office and, you know, we'd FaceTime a couple of times and I see him and, you know, he's exactly what I pictured. There's no, like, there was no surprise. Like he was exactly what I thought he was going to be. You know, um, he gave me his keys. It was such a short interaction. I think it was about like, like two minutes, two minutes of us speaking to each other. He's like, here's my keys. You go to my apartment. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I didn't think anything of it. I was hungry at that point. I was like, okay. So I get to his apartment. Um, so his roommate um, uh, is leaving the apartment. He goes, oh, you're a, you're his friend. And I was like, yeah, like I'm here. Uh, can I put my stuff down? Like, I don't know where his room was. Um, and he's like, oh, it's just to the right. So I put my stuff down in his room. I didn't know anything around the area because I'd only been to New York once. And I, you know what, I left my stuff. I went to kind of go venture off, um, ended up at this like local taco place, um, was chit-chatting with the bartender and he had let me know that he's going to be done work in about half an hour. So he's done work. He comes to uh, join me. Uh, we have a drink. Uh, everything is kind of cool. We're talking. See, normal, you know, mm -hmm. just as you meet someone the first time. And we finish up and he's like, okay, like, let's go back to my place. Um, let's just hang out. Okay. So we head back and it wasn't too far from his place that I, the place that I went to. So when we got back, his other roommate, um, uh, she was just hanging out uh, at the apartment and we were uh, just sitting down on the couch chatting about work. And I was just listening to about all the conversations about everything. And it wasn't too, too long. I think it was about like half an hour or so. Um, we were chatting. It was good. Um, and then she's like, you know what? I'm going to go like shower up and like get ready for bed. And it was late at this point. This was about like almost 10 o'clock. Because mm -hmm. I had gotten in around like eight o'clock. Oh, okay. Back. Well, you say late. When you say late, I'm thinking like two a.m. No, no. So I had I had, uh, purposely like booked my flight to make sure that I was there in the evening because I knew yeah. he would be working that day. Right, right, right. So I didn't want to like spend the entire day by myself just doing yeah, yeah, no nothing basically. Even though New York has so much to do, but um, you know, she goes to shower up and uh, you know. I think the rest can be assumed. We went back to his room, um, you know, uh, decided to be intimate and whatnot. And after that entire experience, it wasn't horrible by any means. It was just normal, normal mm -hmm. as it went. And we were just laying in bed and you could tell that this guy was just very tired. He was exhausted from the entire day. It was a Monday and you could tell he was very tired. Um, still conversing and whatnot and uh you know I think it was about maybe half an hour that we talked afterwards mm -hmm. and he was like listen like I'm really tired um we should get ready for bed which it's not that I was upset about that entire encounter I was just like I flew out to see you and like we'd only just met yeah so it, it was almost I feel like it was almost like it was a mediocre first date had you not flown out to see him, like had it been in your own city, it would have just been like, okay, like maybe I'll see this person again. Like, I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just, I was like, okay, like I thought this guy was at least like make the effort to stay up just a little longer. 
Right. And I don't know if that's unfair to me to assume of someone, like if they're tired from work, but I think this was a little bit more of a unique situation. Yeah. Where, like, I was... Yeah. <laughs> I agree <laughs> but... with that. So, uh, you know what? I shrugged it off. You know, this guy is tired. Let me let him be. Um, tomorrow's a new day. So we go to bed and usually he wakes up in the morning. He goes right to the gym. And that morning he decided to skip the gym to just kind of like stay back and like hang out with me. Um, more so just like relax and sleep really. And I, I think it was around 8.30. He's like, okay, I got to get gotta get ready for work. He gets up and I tried to almost, and I, mind you, I didn't know that anything really went wrong the night before. Yeah. I thought that the entire experience was okay. It wasn't like, like you said, it was mediocre. It was just, it, it was, was what it was. It was yeah. Fine. And I almost like pulled him's arm to almost, I wasn't trying to like initiate being intimate with him again, but I was kind of like, oh, like, no, like stay in bed with me. Like, just like try no, and be- stay <laughs> a little longer. Yeah. And, you know, I thought, you know, anyone in that situation, most people are like, no, like they'll be playful with it. Like, no, it's okay. Um, or like, like okay, really two more minutes. Or something like that, you know? And this guy seemed very firm on like, you know, I have to do my morning routine. And he just kind of got up and he's like, no, like, just let me do it. He was fine about it. Really just normal about it. And, you know, I'd never seen what this guy does. And he asked me, he's like, well, do you want to see what I do in the morning? Which, <laughs> like, I don't really care. Like, you know, okay. it's okay. He was trying to like enlighten me on his life, but I'm like, this is a morning routine. I think everyone has like a similar kind of steps of what they follow around the same thing. So yeah. I didn't really I didn't really have a choice. So I was like, yeah, you know what? Sure. Let me let me see what you do in the morning. He's like, you know, like I check my emails, all that, and I then go like shower and in my head I'm thinking Ooh, I'm like ah. I'm like <laughs> wow you shower in the morning that's great good for you <laughs> I think a lot of people do and um so he gets up he does his thing and he's like I'll make you a smoothie I was like wow great you drink a smoothie in the morning like <laughs> how many thousands of people in the world but right. you know you know he was trying to kind of enlighten me into his life I was like you know what sure. let me just take it as is so he, I think this was about like in the span of like 25-ish minutes and, you know, he gets ready to leave. He's all dressed and he comes and he kisses me. Bye. And I was like, okay, you know, like this is fine. Like he's leaving for work. It felt weird. I was like, you know what? Maybe this isn't too bad. Maybe he was just kind of like in the moment, like grumpy or grumbly in the morning. Let me just kind of yeah. do my own thing. Yeah. The kiss goodbye ended on a positive note. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he leaves for work and I decide to get ready for the day and I get ready for the day. You know, I venture out, uh, see like the Rockefeller Center in New York before I go off to see uh, the live taping of Mount Robbins. And when I got to the studio, it was the most magical experience ever. Um, I actually ended up sitting front row and I had met like a bunch of wonderful people that just had so many positive experiences and I had messaged him hey like you know like I'm having such a great time at the show like I'm so happy thinking his response would be like I'm so happy for you glad like this was worth it for you and his response was you should go network damn 
You're like having and, the best day of your life meeting like your hero. He's like, go network. Okay. And you know what? I read that message and in a sense, I was like, I get where he's coming from because, you know, this is a once in a lifetime kind of experience. Let me go talk to people that like have the same mindset. But the way that I think about it now, I'm like, this guy really just didn't want to speak to me during the day. Like he was just like, go do your thing. I'll see you in the evening. Don't talk to me. Right. And it sting. I had a little bit of a gut wrenching moment. Like this guy didn't really want to hear about how happy I was in that moment. Um, even though he knew I was upset that he wasn't able to spend the day with me. And, um, you know, the show ends, I got to meet her, hugged her the most, it was a life changing experience. I will never forget it. And get back. Um, I think it was around eight o'clock and his other roommates home. And, you know, I asked, I messaged him. I was like, Hey, like, when are you going to be home? And he's like, Oh, like I'm just finishing up dinner. Um, and I had been waiting for this guy to like, go get dinner thinking, you know, right. Why is he eating dinner without you? You know? So I was kind of feeling weird about that. He's like, I'm just finishing up dinner with some clients. Um, I'll be home in about an hour. Also, like, would have been what? a nice heads up for him to be like, I have to get dinner with clients. Like, here are some places you should go. Just like like thinking things through, like, I, not to cut, cut off the story, but like, I feel like from his perspective, like you were like in town. So like you guys were going to like hang out, but like you went there to meet him and to visit him because he asked you to. Mm-hmm. He didn't let me know anything, not where to go, what to do, something local, anything. Like he really didn't let me know anything. And, you know, when I saw him, when I saw his message being like, I'll be home in an hour, I was like, you know what, let me just get ready. I don't know what the plan is. I'll just take it as is. And so he gets home and he gets home and, you know, I'm trying to figure out what it is we're doing because at this point, I still don't know. I don't know if we're grabbing dinner. I don't know if we're going for drinks. I don't know if we're going to watch a show, nothing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to dress either. And I think for every girl that's, or anybody really, it's so important like to know how you need to dress, you know? Yeah. So I put on something more like casual, but like you could dress it up. And he gets home and he's in this like frantic state almost. And he was like, no, I need to clean my kitchen. And I was like looking at him like, you're really, you really want to clean your kitchen right now. It's like almost nine o'clock. And he's like, no, like, I just need to tidy up. I need to take the garbage out. Their garbages are being taken away. His other roommate's home, mind you, at the same time, who has done nothing. So I don't know if it was, like, an OCD thing for him. Who knows? Um, But at this point, he's rushing. And I'm, like, anxious. I'm like, what are we doing? He's like, well, let's go see a comedy show. It's like, okay, cool. Like, we'll go see a comedy show. Sounds fun. Yeah. And he's like, okay, we have to leave in about five minutes if we're going to make it there for like 9.15. And I looked at him and he's still cleaning the kitchen all (laughs) frantic. And I'm thinking to myself, we're not going to make it for 9.15. There is absolutely no way. Right. So he's rushing. And when we're walking on the street, we were almost, it wasn't like a jog, but we were almost like speed walking. And it was almost funny. It was that we were running to catch the show. So we get to the show and he hadn't even asked me like, hey, did you eat? He like up until this point, nothing. We get to the show and he had asked the guy, hey, do you guys serve food and drinks? And the 
the hall at the time, the comedy hall, um, they had said, no, like we don't serve anything. It's just, just like a show. And I didn't know that that was, I don't know if that's a thing in New York. Not to my knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) So he was like, no, like we don't do anything. And, uh, he looks at me, he goes, do you want to stay? I feel bad that you haven't eaten. Are you sure you want to stay? And I'm like looking at him. I didn't know what to say, what to do. (laughs) And at this point, I was just kind of like, you know what? I'm okay with whatever we do. I just want to spend time with you, get to know you, see what you're about. Right. So he's like, you know what? Let's just go grab food somewhere else. Let's skip the comedy show. Okay, cool. (laughs) I'm thinking to myself, you know, we're going to go sit down somewhere, have like a bite to eat, get to actually chat. Have like a real date. Yeah, like an actual real first date. And because I don't really like, I remember the when I initially met him at when he came to that bar, he he only had one drink and I had eaten already. So he's like, well, does it count if I pay for this? Like, does this count as a first date? And I thought to myself, like, I don't think so, but I'm just gonna brush that off because this is just this is just a little weird to me. Yeah. So he asked me, he's like, what are you feeling? And I'm not a picky person, nor did I really care at that point. I was okay with anything. And we're walking and we stumble upon this park and there is a Shake Shack in this park. Madison Square Park. (laughs) Setting the scene. (laughs) If that's where it is, I think that's, um, I don't know New York. So, um, So there's a Shake Shack and this was end of January. There's like this like outdoor patio with heating just around like the actual, like the actual like building where they serve the food. And he's like, let's grab Shake Shack. No, no. <laughs> I did not know what to think in that point because what? I was hungry. I didn't care at that point. I was like, you know what? Let's, let's just, sure. let's just sit down. Okay. I'm, I'm over this entire thing. So we sit down, we're eating Shake Shack, end of January, in the cold, and this is the first time I'm meeting somebody, you know? Yeah. It's first time, sorry, first time I'm meeting somebody that I flew out for, and we're sitting in the cold eating Shake Shack on a first date, and, you know, we were just talking, and I was cold, and, like, I couldn't even, like, talk because my noise was trembling because it was, it was just cold outside. Yep. And... We, it was fine. Like the conversation wasn't bad by any means. And at one point he asked me like, um, what are your expectations for this entire trip? And I had looked at him. I, I was like, I don't have any expectations. Meanwhile, in my head, I'm like, I, I have expectations, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't really have any expectations. I was just kind of going with the flow. Um, I didn't really want to, I guess, let him know that I was expecting that he would treat me better. Uh, didn't feel really feel like the right moment to do it. Did you ask him what his expectations were? I did. And he had looked at me and he goes, well, no, like, I don't really have any expectations. I'm just kind of going with the flow. <laughs> Clearly that we can tell, we can see that. <laughs> you know what? I was just so surprised that, you know, he asked me that because I feel like if someone's flying out for you, I think there's a certain understanding of, okay, this is maybe going to go summer someday. We'll see. Um, And, 
you know, I just thought it was a silly question, but. Yeah. Also, again, he asked you to fly out multiple times. It was not your idea. It was something that you tried to shrug off and, and ignore and he kept bringing it up. And it's like, that's, that that's a big thing. This is not a little thing. And he's treating this as if like, oh, like you guys were like super old friends who have like hooked up a bunch of times and you happen to be in New York. So like, sure, like when it's convenient for him, like he'll hang out with you because like you're down and like that is not what the situation was at all. No. <laughs> and, you know, when we were walking back to his apartment, it was just such a weird kind of vibe. I really didn't know. I felt very, I was happy to be there at the same time because, you know, I did enjoy talking to this guy, like we got along, but I really started to question why I was there and why he actually wanted me there. Because at that point, it really felt like I was a, let me fly you out for a booty call. Yeah. Like super transactional. Yeah. And you know what? I was like, you know what? Let's go back to his apartment, hang out, whatever. We get back and his best friend FaceTimes him and he picks up, which, you know, you can pick up the phone if your friend calls you, emergencies happen. Hey, I need something. I need your advice. That's totally okay. And I'm sitting on the edge of his bed and he is facing like, I guess, like the backboard and I can't see who's on the phone, but I could tell because he's told me about him mm -hmm. and he says his name and I'm sitting, you, he, his best friend couldn't see that I was in the room. I think he knew that I was there because as much as girls talk, guys talk as well. There's no way that he didn't know, um, especially because his best friend lives in San Francisco. Right. So he so, was just there with him. He was just there with him. So he knew what was going to be happening. And, you know, I thought he would talk for him for like a couple minutes, whatever. 20 minutes goes by. 20 minutes goes by. And this guy is. You're just sitting on the edge of his bed. bed. I, I was on my phone. I was scrolling through mindlessly and I was messaging my, my best friend. I was like, what am I doing here? Fuck? Like this guy clearly doesn't want me here. And that, that sucked because I was that's a very hard feeling to know that like you may, I made this entire effort to go see him and he's taking time to talk to his friend that he just went to go see. Right. So he talks to him for 20 minutes. And at this point I thought to myself, you know what, let me just get ready for bed. I'm over this entire trip. Let me just kind of shrug it off. So I start getting ready for bed and I think he kind of clued into being like, Oh, I should probably hang up the phone. <laughs> probably. <laughs> and he hangs up the phone and I hear him say, you know what? Like, I got to go. Like, I have company. And I hear his best friend go, oh, yeah, right, right, right. I'll see you later. Which did not feel good. But in that moment, I was just tired of everything. And I was upset, but it was hard to kind of let him know that I was upset. Because how, how do you let someone know, like, I just didn't want to make it worse, really. Yeah. Um, that's really tough because, I mean, I, I can imagine, I mean, I can't imagine, but I, if it were me, I could imagine I would just, like, feel so shitty and, like, like I know I know you mentioned in, in your email that, like, at this point you were, like, holding back tears but just kind of, like, tried to, like, suck it up and, and, and keep pushing through. But that's, that's so tough because, like, you did this really big, scary thing. Like, it's not an easy thing. It's not a little thing. Like I said before, like it's a really big thing. And 
you were kind of getting shut down from like all angles. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, and I actually don't think I mentioned this in the email. Um, so I was supposed to be at this work function and, you know, like partying with my friends. It was like a Canada wide, like, like event that all these like uh, places, like all these, like, um, like I work for this like restaurant that they all come together for this like big kind of games type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was either going to go there or go to New York. And my mom had asked me, are you going to this like big work function? And I let her know. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll go. Um, and he knew. Um, so my parents actually didn't know that I went to go see him because I don't think any parent would want to see that, you know, I don't think they would allow that really. Um, but I made the effort to go see him. I had lied to my family, which I absolutely hate doing, thinking to myself that this was going to be worth it. And we go to bed and I was just so upset with how the entire experience played out. I woke up around 4 a.m. and I like, I, I see him beside me and I just felt very like unwanted there. I felt very rejected. And it wasn't until his alarm went off the next morning and it was 7 a.m. earlier than the day before. And he gets up and I think to myself, okay, last night wasn't bad. It was okay, but let me try and be playful again to see how he reacts. And when I went to go, I went to hug him, mind you. I didn't do anything. I went to go hug him. He shrugged. He didn't throw my arm off, but he kind of like really like, not firmly, but pushed me away being like, listen, I'm not a morning person. Let me do my morning routine. Ouch. And he, but he said in such a firm voice. And I thought to myself, my flight's in three hours. I was only there for like such a short time span. Right. And this is it. And and you, so one thing you didn't say before is that he had mentioned to you prior to meeting that he did like to be intimate in the morning. He did mention that. And I thought to myself, you know, like, that's what I expected. That's what I assumed because he had told me these things. And when he basically shrugged me off and was just so firm in his voice, I don't know if he, until, till this day, I don't actually know if he lied to me um, because there was... I guess like a lot going on in his life at that point in time. So I didn't really know who he was, even though, you know, we spent so much time talking up until this point. I I looked at him like, I don't really know who you are really. I really don't. Yeah. And so he's getting ready to go to work. And at this point I start getting very anxious and I wasn't really showing it, but I started packing up my things really quickly. I was like, you know, let me just kind of get ready. He's like, no, like stay. He's like, don't, don't go like to the airport, like until you, like you have to. And I looked at him like, no, like I, I should just go. Yeah. What are you going to sit in his apartment after like being rejected and feeling shitty and just wait and like what? But that's, that's what he thought. He's like, you know, you should just stay. And I, I looked at him like, this just doesn't make sense. Really. It doesn't make sense whatsoever. And as he is about to leave, I didn't want to like, I didn't want to say bye, but that's just the type of, that's the type of person that most people are, you know, you, someone's leaving, you say bye to them, you know, have a wonderful day. He hugs me so lightly and he doesn't say, text me when you land. 
nothing, nothing. Don't text me when you're back home, when you're safe, absolutely nothing. And when he left, I went back to his room and I called my best friend and I was just in absolute tears. I, I, I really didn't know what just happened or why I was even there because not only did I make an effort to go see him, but I just felt so rejected in that moment where someone just didn't want me. They didn't want anything to do with me, clearly. They didn't want to see how I was afterwards. They didn't check in. And I, I was in shock, you know. I get to the airport and it was embarrassing, you know. I'm in the middle of the airport bawling my eyes out, you know, thinking like, why did I ever do this? I could have been at this work function with all my friends, spending time. But you know what? I had met my all-time influential speaker it was worth it for that, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, and it, I always thought back to it, you know, thinking, okay, it was worth it for that. But all those things, you know, I just wish it happened in a different kind of scenario. So, yeah. Wow. So <laughs> it was, I got back home and I remember I had my grad pictures the next day. I had actually missed my grad pictures because I was so anxious that I like I was I didn't know what to do with my hands so I started picking at my face and my arms and I just I was not in any shape to go take my grad pictures really because like who who would want to do that after like after such an experience especially let alone like that experience made me so anxious that I didn't feel like I was prepared to go do it so I just like, I don't understand. And, and I'm sure you've still questioned this, like the disconnect between the person he was with you when you were having these like long drawn out, like meaningful conversations and we're connecting versus this totally closed off person. When you did the thing, you came to visit, you put in the effort and you did the thing that was like, seemed so not possible. And it's just... Like, how did you, how did you get yourself to, to feel okay after that and to feel like, how did, how did this like impact you long-term is really, I guess my question. <laughs> and, and how did you like get past it? Oh, I think it took me and because this happened right before COVID started. Right. And, you know, for the first, like, I remember it was like February, March, uh, I had sworn off dating completely. I mm -hmm. had thought to myself, like, no, I, I just physically can't date because for one, I'm hung up on the idea of, on the idea of this guy because right. to myself, like I knew him as one person, but in those like couple months, I was like, you know, let me not date whatsoever. I, I just can't. And I think for the first, I think it was up until, up until April this year, really, um, because oh. every single person that I would meet after him, anything that someone would do in regards to how they acted towards me, if they showed me some sort of lack of communication, if they texted at a different point and where they responded in a way, I started to always assume this person doesn't want me. Yeah, They're showing signs. And I think it took me up until... April this year, because uh, 2021 is actually the year that I started therapy. 
um, which has been the most beautiful thing of my life. Let's go. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it wasn't until like I started therapy and I had met this guy and I don't think he knows that he, n- not him per se, that influenced me to go in that direction, but this guy started being busy with school. And he started saying, I'm busy with school. I don't have time to date. That's my priority. And when he said those things, I felt rejected. You know, why match with me? Why continue to talk to me? Um, Why keep doing that? And he had let me know, you know, I'm being honest with you. I'm not sugarcoating anything. This is my life. This Mm -hmm. is what it is. And I brought that up in therapy. And I let my therapist know, you know, Every single situation, and especially that situation, that moment really made me feel like this guy doesn't want me Yeah, because of how this entire experience I flew over this guy also didn't want me. So I started to generalize it to every single situation. So I, I think every partner and what I learned from therapy is just so great, but I think every partner up until like this guy, especially, I just assumed that every action was hey, like, you're not good enough for me, no matter what you do. So yeah, it's really tough to separate that, like every person is different, and everyone's going to have different things. And and not everyone is going to say the same thing or mean the same thing when they say certain things. And I'm so glad that therapy has helped you. Because I mean, the worst thing in the world is to think you're not good enough and to think you're not good enough because of something that one person did or said. And that's, of course, not the case. But it it's so hard to feel anything else when you're in it. And when you feel like I did this and and this is what happened and this is what's always going to happen. You know, and I think that's one thing that I really struggled with. And mind you, I still struggle with it to this day. I don't think my anxiety is completely gone from it. Um, But I think one thing when I started to kind of explore the idea like okay this guy doesn't this guy doesn't have time for me my therapist kind of said like but you're assuming that he's exactly like this other person Mm -hmm. and you're you do that like that's the pattern of your behaviors that's how your thinking has been impacted and she kind of told me you know in any situation when you meet someone when you start thinking something or having these negative thought patterns and assuming all these things that this person's going to be like, you have to always ask yourself, do I have any physical evidence that can prove these thoughts? Really like any physical evidence. And most of the time, if not majority, like 99% of the time, the answer is always no. You can never actually prove those negative thoughts and think it's been a battle back and forth of like, you know, uh, the stings, but I can't assume anything. So I think I'm slowly working towards becoming more okay with the entire situation. So yeah. I really love that piece of advice. I think that is so true and so helpful and, and something, I mean, that, that's the, that's the audiogram right there. Like that's the clip. Um, (laughs) but it really is so true. Like we make up all of these scenarios in our head based on what we know and what we've experienced. And it's like, we're just kind of putting things like we're make, creating situations that might not be true. And 
having to come up with physical evidence, I think is a really good strategy. And maybe if, if it's even like you're talking to a friend about it, or if a friend's talking to you being like, I think I'm getting ghosted. Like he's not texting me back. Maybe he hasn't answered in a few hours or like he hasn't responded the next day after the date yet. It's like, you don't know that. You don't know that this person is rejecting you until they reject you until or until you don't hear from them for days. And so I think that's that's really good to think about and to play devil's advocate with with your friends and with yourself when you start to let your anxiety kind of get into your head and, and really take control. Um, what, so one, one big question I have for you is obviously like you, after like this, this month of talking to him and then there was a month and a half before the trip, like I'm sure you created all these expectations in your head. And I know he asked you like what your expectations were. And you, at that point you really didn't know. And, but like, how did this whole experience impact your expectations for like future dating experiences? I think when when I went into that entire trip, I had assumed that, you know, this guy was going to treat me really nicely and all those things. But I think when I went into dating with other people, I had expected them to almost not, I, I had expected them to be exactly the same as he was. I expected them to not care and not put in effort and that's really that's really not true because you can't expect anything of anybody. You yeah. have to let people be as they are. You have to let things flow as as they should happen because if you go into a situation expecting especially in dating, expecting that this person's going to be a certain way, if they're going to communicate a certain way, you you're you're going to get so disappointed within yourself because you're building yourself up and you're building up this image of someone that you don't really actually know yeah. at the end of the day. So it's impacted my dating, I think, because every single person that I've met up until like this year, where like that's kind of changed, I'd built up this idea that like they're going to be the same. But I had thought to myself, you know, I think it's time to change. Um, and Attached by Robert Levine is a really good book that my therapist recommended wonderful, wonderful book. Um, so it really teaches you about like different expectations that you have for different like attachment styles and you kind of figure out what's best for you. So yeah, great book, great recommendation. And I, yeah, part of the reason I wanted to to bring you on and have you share the story is obviously not everyone listening is going to have flown to another state or in your case, another country to meet somebody <laughs> for a date, but everybody has gone into situations where they did have expectations or they did think it was going to be one thing or they had connected with this person over text, over FaceTime, over the phone, and then thought that meeting them in person was going to be something. And it turned out in a completely different way. Like there's nobody who hasn't been let down and hasn't felt like they were misleaded into a situation that wasn't what they thought it was going to be. And so I think that hearing your story, of course, it's like a a super like on steroids version of it, but it's, it really is like, I mean, there were so many things that you were explaining where I was feel like I could think about myself in different situations with different people, even if it was a much lesser extent, but like where I, I felt like, why am I being rejected? Why am I doing something wrong? Like, I don't feel like I'm wanted here or I don't even know what to say because they're not making me feel like I, I don't feel comfortable enough to say how I'm feeling and how uncomfortable I feel. Um, and yeah, do you think that now after we're, we're deep into 2021, you're, you've learned all of this stuff now, like you can look back and, and figure out 
like how you've become stronger, how you've become better, how you've like, you have a zoomed out version now. (laughs) If you had to go back, would you do it? Or do you wish you could tell yourself to not do it? Now, are we talking about the same person or somebody different? (laughs) (laughs) The same person, the same situation. Same person, same situation. Uh, You know what? I think I would. I think I would. And that's only because uh, I think I have so much introspection as to For one, I had built up all these expectations and I had assumed so many things about him and how his life was. I didn't actually learn them until like the pandemic started happening. And I like we didn't talk for six months. I started to get to know like what was actually going on in his life. And that doesn't excuse his behavior by any means. But I think I would go into it with just kind of going with the flow, always making sure that I have a plan for what I'm doing, um, making sure that if I wasn't comfortable in that situation, staying with him, I had somewhere else to go. Book an Airbnb or staying with yeah. a friend I could contact. Um, I think I would do it differently because I would almost make myself a priority versus him being a priority. Like him coming back home and saying, oh, um, did you eat at that point? I think I've already kind of take, put myself first and do what I need to do for myself versus waiting someone to do it for me. I think I would go into it, you know, making sure that I would prioritize myself, making sure that I was putting myself first in regards to whatever he was doing, making sure that I went to go eat dinner, making sure that I had somewhere else to stay and not really kind of adhering to his expectations or what he thought was going to happen so Mm -hmm. just really making sure I was in a comfortable situation before yeah making the trip more about you and yes like you're there you're in New York you're going to do these things you're going to enjoy yourself and you're going to get to see him rather than going to New York to stay with him to be with him to see him and then having to feel super let down and feel kind of ditched and and deserted and having to figure it out for yourself Mm -hmm. yeah so That's, and I think the craziest part is, you know, I got to know him afterwards and we're friends. We're friends now. We're on a point we've, I haven't really told him the entire story of how I felt really. I don't know if I ever will. Um, We're friends. I think that's probably the way that it's going to stay. Um, And, you know, that's all that it is. You know, it was an experience. I did it. Um, I flew out to New York to meet someone for the first time. And I think that is, I think that's a cool story to tell really in itself. So, you know, I fully agree. I, I totally agree. And I love that you're now able to, to kind of see the light and all of it and, and figure out what you've learned and how it made you stronger and all of the things that you were able to gain from it. And yeah, I think that it's, it's something that you did and it's something that you should kind of like own. Like you did that. That's crazy. You did that. (laughs) And it didn't go as the way you thought it would, but you literally met like the person who was your absolute inspiration. Ooh, were you able to tell your parents about that? If they thought that you were not there, they still don't know. Shut up. They still don't know. (gasps) And 
I remember my mom, it was, it was months that I was just so upset. I just wasn't myself. I don't know if I'll ever tell my mom, maybe one day, maybe one day, um, because she knows that I was absolutely obsessed with this, this famous person that I went to go see. And I really want, I think that's what hurts the most is I can't tell my mom about someone that I met that's really changed my life in the past, like three years. Yeah. So maybe one day, (laughs) but I think for right now, I think I'll keep that on. Keep keep that a secret. (laughs) Wow. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for being open to, to share what you went through. I know it's not always easy and I, I really appreciate your story and, and your experience and everything you learned from it. And I'm really excited for it to be out there because there are going to be other people who are faced with, do I go from Toronto to New York or New York to LA or anywhere to meet somebody? And I think it's really important to know what the situation you're getting yourself into and how to properly prepare for it and, and understand what could happen and what might not happen. And, and then even on a lesser scale, just what we talked about before with expectations versus reality, it's, it might not always be what you set out for it to be, but there are other things that you can learn from, from every situation. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I think I told you this before, but I'll say it again. I screamed when Alana uh, reached out to me. So uh, thank you for um, allowing me to repaint this story and really kind of make it seem like something beautiful versus something that really kind of impacted my life in a negative way. So thank you for allowing me to share and with all the seeing other people gang. It's (laughs) been an absolute pleasure. And now it's an even more beautiful story because it's going out to help other people. So I'm very excited. Best thing ever. All right. Thank Thank you to everyone who has tuned in to listen. Stay tuned for more Unfiltered.